everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Lisa Rothstein, who is a cartoonist for The New Yorker and is the chief creative officer at Drawing Out Your Genius, focused on brand storytelling. Thanks so much for joining us today, Lisa. Hi, great to be here. All right, Lisa, you have a heck of a background. You started out as a New York City street performer, then became an award-winning copywriter, and now you're a published cartoonist for The New Yorker, which just scratches the surface of some of the stuff in your background. Can you start by telling our listeners why you believe the visual arts are so powerful in getting a message across? Well, yeah, sure. Well, thanks. I mean, I spent most of my uh, most of my career actually writing words uh, that that helped to sell products and tell stories about products. But I always drew cartoons as well, just kind of on the side. And as as someone who's made their living as a writer, I it sounds strange to say this, but but actually visuals are. It's not even a question of a picture tells a thousand words. It's visuals are just much faster, um, and 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 create a quicker connection with people than um, than words. People, especially now that people are so visual, people don't like to read. They're too lazy. It takes too long. They're impatient. Um, a vi- visual communication is just much more direct, um, and in, in many ways uh, more clear and more human than than verbal and written communication. I I use them both together. Um, as needed to help tell a brand story or communicate about a company initiative, uh, either internally or with customers. Hmm. So I, I got to be honest, let's, let's kick it off with some honesty. Um, stick figures are difficult for me. Um, so I am definitely, uh, my question would probably be, how can those of us who are a little bit artistically challenged um, use doodling, use some of the things that have made you so successful um, and just the creative arts in general to make us more efficient, effective leaders and storytellers. Well, that's so funny because everywhere I go, people, that's what I hear people say. I can't draw um, or I'm not the artist in the family. My sister, my brother, my, my, my father uh, can do it and I can't. And the, the fact is that, you know, and I'm not saying this just to make a few people feel good. Everybody, everybody can, can draw simple simple um, drawings that tell a story that communicate. It's not about art. It's not about artistic talent. It's about knowing a language of very simple shapes and lines and things in which I, I give, um, I give a talk about this uh, that I've given at the 99U, the, the Adobe 99U conference in Manhattan um, at uh, the back end of innovation conference um, in, uh, in Las Vegas and also at Merck uh, for the project Ma- product manager day and within 90 minutes people who said they can't draw anything are drawing faces are drawing um figures not stick figures um but you know the figures that look like human beings and also all kinds of frameworks metaphors um that really help explain um situations help solve problems um and it's just uh, it's 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 really amazing what you can do when you when you allow yourself to um to learn just a couple of simple techniques actually to remember a couple of things that you probably knew when you were a little kid and just haven't done for a long time. Hmm. So you, uh, I think it's on your website, you talk about the capacity for organizations to see their ideal clients, their products, their mission, their brand stories in new and kind of unforgettable ways. So why is it so powerful, do you think, or, or why are not more of us taking advantage of this medium to kind of see our products and even our challenges in, in new ways. Well, it, it's well. One of them is that I think people just discount how powerful um, um, drawings are. 
um, to help communicate, uh, to communicate ideas. Um, and um, what, what people don't realize is something around, something around 60, 63% or 75%, some large portion of your brain is given over to um, visual, uh, visual processing. And, and also visual information is received and understood, I forget how many millions of times faster than any other kind of communication. So that's, um, and the other thing is that um, it's, this is one stat that I do know. If you're doing a training or a seminar or a meeting or something, especially if you've spent a lot of money on, this is really a, a tragedy. People, companies spend so much money on training and, 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 and seminars and things. And then, yeah, I think studies show that after 24 hours, about 75% of the information is, is basically forgotten. It's just gone. You've moved on to something else and it really isn't there no recall. And after 72 hours, 90% of what you spend all that money trying to train your people to learn is pretty much lost to the ether. But when you add um, the visual component, it doesn't have to be hand drawing, but I like, I like hand drawing, um, is if you add a visual component, there's a lot more retention. Um, it's, it's really a, a way of saving a lot of, uh, a lot of your ROI on training and education and, and all the meetings that, that people are having now on Zoom. Um, it, it's, it's like if you want people to actually remember what, what happened, what was said, who's supposed to do what next, what's the plan. If you don't have a visual component um, and one that people actually enjoy looking at, want to look at, um, it's going to be really hard to get, to get any um, forward motion on what happened at that meeting. All right, so I'm going to go out on a limb here. Tell me if I'm wrong, but if you're having a new call with a potential client or you're in the flow with somebody and you're having a meeting, are you constantly doodling, you know, like on the phone? Is that how you actually physically take notes for yourself outside of your, your business side? Is that actually what a normal um, an end of a call would look like with you is a, is a beautiful kind of doodle of, of what was discussed, what the next steps are? Is, am, I, am I right or am I too far out on the limb? No, you're not too far out. I wouldn't necessarily say it's beautiful. That's the other thing. I mean, to make, I, I do do some drawings that look much more finished when they're kind of hand-drawn infographics that, that are meant to illustrate a specific point and, and lay things out in a very coherent way. Then I'll take a lot of time on that and make it, not so, I won't say beautiful, but, but, but very clear, very clean and all that. When I'm taking notes at a meeting for myself or for or for a client, when I do it on Zoom meetings live, when people can actually see the see the meeting come to life on the on my camera, on my iPad, um, it's uh, it, it's more of a uh, of an inch of a kind of dynamic. Here's what's going on right now, and it may be a little bit um, may look a little bit sloppy, but it tells the entire story. People can take a look at that image and go, Oh yes, I remember exactly what was said. I remember who said it. I remember why it's important. Um, and I remember what we're supposed to do next. Um, and so that's actually how I got started doing this. I mean, I've always doodled for myself, but um, somebody saw me and I was at a conference, a live conference, and somebody looked over my shoulder and saw me taking notes in my notebook before I had an iPad and said, oh, I need you to come to my, I'm having a three-day event, you know, in a few months and I want you to come and do those big, like the big boards, like I've seen at TED Talks and I want, you know, I had never done that before. And I tried to tell this person who's a kind of an acquaintance of mine, well, you know, this is a specific kind of a skill and you're doing it in public and it's, 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 a, it's not just like, it's not just like taking any old notes. It's, you know, graphic facilitation is a, is a whole industry and I wasn't in it. And she said, Oh, you'll be fine. You'll be great. It's, it's not a, it's not, I'm sure you can do it. And so she talked me into doing this thing. And next thing I know, I'm at a three day event with 15 speakers and 
you know, I brought my equipment with me and all I did was, it was like, if you ever saw the old cartoon where like Bugs Bunny is like laying the train tracks as the train is coming, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what I was doing because I had like a big foam board and an easel and I was drawing what people were saying. And then as I ran out of room, I just, I just taped another board and, and put up another easel next to it to the, to the right. I just kept, I just kept doing that until by the end of three days, we had something that was about 20 feet long, this big, huge mural. But the best part of it was, that at the end of each day, she handed me the mic and I took everybody through, here's what we talked about today. First, you know, we did this exercise and then this speaker came up and they had these three or four big, big points that they made. And then we, then we, then we had a round table about this and people like they, if you could see them going, oh yeah, that was really good. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I meant to make a note of that. And they were all, you know, they really were able to integrate what they had heard. And I'm sure they took away much more than they would have had we not had that component at the talk. And after that, I was hooked and I never had to do anything that hard again, three solid days on my feet with magic markers and, uh, you know, listening and, and, you know, for eight hours straight to, to people talking and trying to, trying to ferret out what was the what was the main point of what they were saying without any slides in advance or anything um, but it's uh, it, it's just great as a way of, uh, of cementing in whether you do it for yourself which is fine or whether you have somebody else do it and you have it to look at it's a great way of cementing in um, and making sure that you just haven't you know you've got you take the time to get these people together or you may have a really important speaker and make sure that that you get squeeze every bit of juice out of that all every bit of value and not lose it to people's uh you know uh, forgetfulness or just because they're distracted um is is really is really one of the reasons why i think this is such a great thing well, you have obviously had an interesting career where you've listened to talks. You've been a, a kind of a, for lack of a better way to describe it, a fly on the wall on some meetings. What compels you to draw something as a larger part of your finished product? And, and maybe asked another way, what do leaders do when they're compelling or conveying a vision that makes your ears perk up, given that you've heard you know, hundreds or thousands uh, of these meetings. When do you start to key in, oh, this is the big point. What are leaders doing that are really successfully in conveying their mission that then makes it into your finished product as well? That is such a, a terrific question. No one's ever asked me that before. Um, there are a few things. One is, um, one thing that makes my ear prick up is when a leader is really, is really smart about, about laying out their message and they basically explain what they're going, you know, it's like the, the rules of speaking. Tell them what you're going to tell them and then tell them and then tell them what you told them. But a lot of times I, my ears prick up when I say, when I hear someone say, you know, there are, th there are three main pillars or I'm going to be going through five main points or, you know, here, here are the, the four things that we need to, to remember and they eat they, right away they either start to make a picture in my mind already they talk about pillars or they talk about quadrants or they talk about uh, milestones or something like that and right away there's an organizational I start to think of the how I'm going to organize this message for people so that they can you know put the put the put the points together and see how they fit into kind of a hierarchy the other thing that great leaders do that um, suggest pictures is tell great stories um, and I won't necessarily draw the entire story that they're telling, but something that remind, that will remind you of the whole story, some image or something. And the fact is we do think in pictures and that's why stories are so powerful. When somebody's telling you a story, the first thing that's gonna happen in your brain is that you're gonna make a picture of what they're saying. So what I basically do is take that picture, at least the one I'm seeing in my mind and put it out there to, and, and anchor it in 
in a way that's permanent so that people, when they look at that, they remember the entire, the entire story that a leader told. Um, and another thing that they, uh, that they do is that they paint an inspiring vision. They, tell, they, they, they describe how they want the future to look, how they see the, their organization um, in its perfect future state. Um, and it's easy to kind of visualize that in some kind of a metaphorical way, or maybe even in a literal way, depending on how they tell it. So, it, you know, when a great leader gives people a vision, they, they don't just share a vision and it's not just a bunch of words. They, other people see what they see. And that's what I try to help them do when I, uh, when I um, sketch at a, like a visioning um, retreat or something like that. So I'm going to dig in a little bit more because you mentioned something that was really fascinating about the Zoom meetings and the virtual meetings and, and mm -hmm. how um, you can actually convey and, and listen to some of those and people can actually watch you sketch in real time. Um, almost asked the same way, what are some of the things in a virtual space that leaders can do that obviously isn't at their disposal in the real world, but still makes for a compelling uh, mission, vision, values, however they're conveying something that still works in the virtual space that you've seen in your experience? Well, I mean, a lot of it needs to be, a lot of things are the same or could be the same or should be the same. And I think a lot of people are making distinctions between um, the virtual meetings that people are having more now and, and the real meetings that may not need to be made. The content still needs to be compelling. Um, it's uh, the fact that we're doing it virtually though, in some cases though, does need, you do need, uh, if you want to, have people not click away to another tab or, or it's so, so much distraction that is available to people who are working remotely, um, especially when you're already on your computer and goodness knows how many tabs you may have open. I know I have a bunch open right now. So um, the idea is to try to keep them in the room, keep them engaged, keep them participating, um, especially if uh, it's not necessarily that interactive, um, there's not as much Q&A. One of the things you need to do is make sure that anybody who is attending, if it's a small enough meeting, has their camera on. If people turn their camera off, this has nothing to do with me, but if people turn their camera off, then they can, then their minds wander too, I found. Um, but one of the things that I do when I take notes at those meetings on my iPad is instead of sharing my screen, which would take away and distract from the main message that the speakers are doing, what I do is I, um, I have a setup where I can turn my own webcam, I make my iPad my webcam. So you don't see my face. Um, it's, instead, I'm there as a participant, but my, well, when, you, when you click on me, you don't see my face, you see what's going on on my iPad. So anybody who wants to check that out, check out what I'm drawing while people are talking can do that on their own when they want to. And we can always share the screen at the end, you know, and show how the final product looks. And then of course we send out the drawing to everybody who was at the meeting and maybe some people who weren't even at the meeting to help them understand what was said. Um, it gives everybody a tool, it gives everybody who's at the meeting a tool to be able to share and basically take other people through like I did at the end of that three day event. Hey, here's what we talked about at the, um, at the meeting that you missed and have a, have a visual to remind them and basically walk the other person through what was said. Um, so, um, you know, I've heard of people inviting, a, have you heard of things where people invite a goat to the meeting or a llama to the meeting and one of the, one of the Hollywood squares in your Zoom meeting is a, is a live animal? That's just one way of keeping people engaged. But when I do the notes, it's actually something that is, is, is both entertaining and interesting um, and engaging, but also has um, actual content value. It isn't, I mean, I love llamas as much as the next person, but 
you know, I think it's, it's, it's more useful if what, you're, if what you're bringing in to engage people actually has something to do with what's being discussed. Um, so, um, and then at the end, um, you know, we also have, you know, we have a finished drawing and we also have, I have the capacity to be able to take the, um, the digital um, notes and turn it into kind of an animated video where you see everything building like in fast motion from the beginning to the end. So it basically tells the story of the entire conversation um, in pictures and people really love it. And it, it just, it just basically helps them at a glance or in a minute of video, uh, remember everything that we covered. So we've obviously only gotten the opportunity to kind of scratch the surface of your, your real interesting career as you bounce between different things with this through line of, of your, your love and, and passion for the, the creative and, and specifically the visual arts here. What, what do you wish you knew when you got started? I mean, a lot of this has been hustle and, and effort and then obviously skill. Um, what do you wish you knew when you got started in this pursuit? Well, what I wish I knew is that um, communication takes many forms and it, it almost doesn't matter which form you use. It's whatever the situation calls for. So for over 25 years, I was a copywriter slash creative director in advertising. I wrote a lot of commercials that you might've seen and know and jingles and things for big companies like Haynes and IBM and things like that. And for the longest time I identified as that's what I was. I was an ad woman and I still love writing, writing ads and, and writing brand stories. Um, and I, the, the drawing was something I always thought I did on the side and it wasn't really that serious. And then more recently I have found that people really responded to the drawings that I did um, in, a, in a new and different way. It was something more um, unusual and unique. Um, and so at the beginning I thought of it as just a gimmick, but it turns out that it's actually all works together. The, the, the point is, the, the point is that what you want to do is, is take something that you're trying to convey and make, the, make your audience understand it as clearly and quickly as possible. And what, by any means necessary, that's, that's what I try to do. And sometimes it calls for words, sometimes it calls for pictures, sometimes it calls for some kind of a combination. Mm -hmm. um, but the most important thing is that, they, is that they see it, they get it, they understand it, they act on it. And if you, if it, you may have the best information in the world, but if it's in a 30 page slide deck or something, it may never get read. So what I try to do is get to the bottom line really fast. That's what I did in advertising. That's what I did in my cartoons. Get to the bottom line really fast. Here's the big idea. Now, if you want to learn the details, you can read the 30 page deck, but at least you'll know where to look for the information that you, you know, you'll know the big picture. And that's kind of what I try to, to do no matter how. So basically what I'm saying, long, long story short, the, there are many different media that can help you express your message. And it's like a tool, tools in your toolbox. Use, which, use whatever works to get your message across as quickly and clearly as possible. Tools in a toolbox is a superb way to, uh, to end the conversation. But we do have time for our final two questions that we ask all of our guests. And the, and the first one is this, Lisa. If you could describe your leadership style in one word, what would that word be? I would say collaborative. And the final question that we ask everybody is, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? That's so hard. There's so many. But um, I think the best piece of advice I've ever received is really, I didn't receive it, but I got it from Jim Rohn, um, who we all have heard of and know and loved. Um, and that's to work harder on yourself than you do at your job. Working harder and collaborative. Uh, great to have you on the show. And thank you so much for joining us. Where can our listeners find out more about you, Lisa? 
Um, well, you can come to drawingoutyourgenius.com, uh, where I talk a little bit more about this. And there are some um, downloadable resources there that um, I'd love to share with folks. Um, and also, you can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, if you just look up Lisa Rothstein, you will, you will find me. Well, thank you for all the great insight and thank you to all of our great listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate when you share this show or any of our shows with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer, and you can find our organization Ability, that is A-B-I-L-I-T-I-E at Ability.com. Be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast.